Excited about this topic. Yes, we are. It is super good. <laughs> We're hearing some music in the background. Got it? Okay. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm Mama Mac, and she's Dr. Angel. I think she always tells me, holds up a card, I'm Dr. Angel, right? I do. I do. Yeah. And, yes. and Tommy sees it in there. He just, she, it's sad that you don't know who you are sometimes. Maybe it's because you have these rough days in counseling, right? <laughs> Some very so long days. So by the days. end of the day, you're not even sure. You're so confused. I am. You're so confused. Are we up on Facebook? Yes, we are. Oh, my gosh. Everything's working. This weekend, we got hit by lightning at the station. And uh, Sunday for our show, we walked in here, and you were on with me and somebody else. And we walked in here, and there were circuits, circuit boards everywhere and all kinds of stuff. And... Got fixed right got, yes. right before we got on yes. the air. These guys were amazing. Fixed everything. But we're good, doing good tonight. We are on part two of a new series, Negative Thinking Traps. Why is it important to discover some of the negative traps we have in our mental process? Well, it's important for a, no- a number of reasons. Um, I kind of used it as one of our hashtags tonight because what we think is what we become. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this many times, but our thoughts become our feelings, become our attitudes, become our actions, like, and it keeps rolling in this tunnel. And so when we're thinking negatively, we're feeling that way. We're having negative attitudes, negative yes. behaviors, which is leading. And don't you think this is a big problem for a lot of people, yes. Dr. Angel? Yes. A lot of our shows, people, they, they, they're birthed out of things that she's dealing with a lot in your practice, or that I'm dealing with, and and whatever with different people, and and you know, I they just come together. And this series, I think, is extremely important for people. They can get a lot of good instruction on how to begin to change their mindsets. Absolutely, they can, and you know. That mindset is so important to the quality of our life, the so, quality of our day. How do you define mindset? So our mindset is the overall theme of thoughts that we have rolling around in Ooh, our brain. Overall theme of thought. Yes. I like that. I've never heard that defined like that. Overall theme of thought. So what do you mean by that? Sure. So like, you know, the kind of theme of thoughts might be like, um, you know, I, I'm going to reach my goals and I want to be successful and I think I can accomplish what I'm trying to and I'm going to work hard. Like that could be a theme of great thoughts, right? So when our mind stops, because your brain is always going all the time. Sure. It doesn't stop. And so when we have a theme of positive thoughts, we tend to feel more encouraged, more inspired. Yes. We have more energy, right? Right, yeah. So when we have these negative thinking traps and get into negative themes, like I can't do anything, I, I no one likes me, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not, just keep filling mm-hmm. in the blank, 
then we're defeated before we started. We don't have energy. We're pushing through if we do get through and it's we're fighting all the time. And it becomes a a way of thinking and then behaving, as mm-hmm. you say, the thinking and the behaving. But then our overall um it can it can permeate our job performance, our relationships. Uh, if you're married or whatever your marriage, uh, it can pass down to everybody around you. Your children, you know, they didn't want to be around you because you're always negative. You're sure. always you're always troubled. You're always upset. And and people, this is a very serious topic. And and I believe that this series is going to help. We've got this tonight and one more week on this series because we have nine negative thinking traps that you have figured out and probably they've come from a lot of other people too right as you study and sure. read last week we talked about black and white thinking you want to tell in brief couple sentences what is that which we covered last week sure the black and white thinking is that dichotomous thinking that everything everything's good everything's bad this is the only one right way to do it or that way anything different's wrong it's not having anything in the middle we only want to see things from one perspective yeah just one perspective what is focusing on the negatives haha <laughs> so that's the negative filter I like to call it kind of like the negative glasses that we see and take <laughs> yeah. everything in in the world and so we just if there's something wrong we find it if it's not we look for it like we're focusing on what's wrong instead of anything positive or what's good so like back in the hippie days when they wore pink sunglasses or mm-hmm. whatever it was, everything they looked through was rose-colored glasses, right? Yes. That's usually a metaphor for everything looking good, right? Rose-colored sure, glasses. Sure, rose-colored glasses. Well, yeah. we have a lot of people with negative filters, and what happens is they fall in, I mean, they start getting into depression, and, and they get into yes. that chronic depression. Yeah, chronic. We kind of, I endearingly call it the Eeyore depression. because Eeyore. It's, remember Eeyore from Winnie the I Pooh? I do, you know? I do. I have it's, grandkids that love Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Okay, yes. so it, nothing's ever okay. Oh, yeah. it's gloomy, the days yeah. is. You know, that's what that negative thinking happens over time. Like, you, we can't see that. And how is that bad for your physical body? Oh, my goodness. First of all, it definitely impacts our physical health in so many ways because it's toxic. We're taking all that negativity in there, and negativity starts to, first of all, hurt our feelings and our mood and our attitudes and our behaviors but then we're making choices that aren't helpful for us so maybe we're overeating because we want to feel comfortable maybe uh, our muscles get more tense because we're you know not feeling positive so things happen physiological to our brains to our bodies and over time we have higher rates of all kinds of diseases of diseases and it affects sleep patterns don't you think very much so in fact yeah. sleep patterns is usually one of the first things that get impacted yeah, with this right. stuff yeah and i read something yesterday about the importance of sleeping at least seven hours a night uh, and uh, so, and really, they say eight or nine is optimal. Yes, they do. Right? Yep, eight to nine. Which they didn't used to say that. They did not. In fact, it used to be thought that, oh, people can, you know, get away with four five, to five hours yeah, of sleep. Right. I, they would say, you know, this executive is so productive, he only sleeps four hours a night. And, like, that was a great thing back in the day. And they what would, we have learned from progression of science and right. research is that we need eight to nine hours of sleep even as adults. Right. We, our sleep does not 
not go decrease because we're an adult. We know kids need more sleeps. Teens, teens need 10 Oh, my to gosh. Teens are crazy. Yes, I remember when my kids would in. not get up till 11 or 12, you know, on a Saturday. You know, they were just exhausted, you know. Of and course. They, they would sleep like that. Um, so all these things really contribute to your quality of life. Yes, they do. And you can, the good news here, Dr. Angel, is you can make changes, and that's why we're doing this series. Yes, you, you can. You can change these negative thinking traps. You can come out of the trap. Now, I'm a golfer. I haven't played for a while, but I love golf. And I, I always hated it when I got my ball in the sand trap. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. You've been there. Yes. And, you know, when you get your, your ball in the sand trap, and especially if it's on a weird angle, you know, and then you're, you know, golly, then you're having to hit behind the ball and, and sand goes flying and and all that. Well, a friend of mine's dad actually was playing golf a few years ago and at the edge, this was up north somewhere, at the edge of the sand trap, there was actually like a quicksand thing. And he started, older, older gentleman, and the people, and they're like, come on, come on. And he's like, and he's sinking down in, and they all had to come pull him out of oh that thing that was like, that was quite a sand trap. So let's use that as a mat- metaphor. A and that did happen to him. And I mean, it was really scary because he's not that huge anymore. You know, he's a smaller, right. older guy, you know. And here he was just sinking and sinking, and he couldn't. As hard as he tried to get himself out, he couldn't. So let's go with that metaphor because so often we try to do it and we can't. Sure, we do. And, and it is like that sinking sand when we get in these negative thinking traps because that cycle self-feeds of thoughts to feelings to attitudes to behaviors back to thoughts, we start spiraling it almost in this tornado yes, downward right. because now we have more negative experiences which feed more negative thoughts. Like, And so it, it becomes that sand trap that we do oftentimes need some help to get a true accurate perspective right and help us get back out of those negative things well and it's just like those friends of his that pulled him up out of that uh sometimes we need just a jolt up out of something and you know like whoa don't ever go near that little area on that sand trap again right Exactly. So and it's and a usually warning. what happens is most people, we, you know, by the time we're feeling the effects of this, we don't usually just have like one or two of these. We're like working in a lot of these yeah, all, all the majority time. of the time. Yeah. Let's go to number four tonight, personalization. And what does that mean? It is a negative thinking trap. This one's a big one. This one hurts relationships and causes people to be offended when there isn't an offense. That's when I think everything is about me. Okay. So if you didn't answer my text, I would think you're mad at me right. instead of, oh, maybe you're busy, you know? And right. so now I start thinking that that person's mad at me, and then I start feeling down about that. And so when we are personalizing, we just assume everything that's going on with that person. If they we saw somebody we knew in the store and they didn't make eye contact with us, then they're mad at us or they don't like us or they're, we've come to some conclusion that it's about us. So it's really um, an egocentric type problem, isn't it? Where mm-hmm. we are like, they didn't react the way I wanted them to react, or right? Absolutely. I mean, you even can go down to disagreeing with people uh, on a topic. If somebody disagrees with what we think, then we think they're just trying to purposely make us mad or disagree with us, or put like we take it in as a personalization. Everything around us that happens somehow it focuses back on me. It's okay. something towards me or 
So instead of thinking it could be just a difference of opinion, it is like they disagreed with me on purpose because they wanted to embarrass me in front of my friends. Exactly. Right? And hold that thought. You can call in. We have a phone line working tonight, 727-441-3000. And if you'd like to weigh in on things we're talking about or give us an example or ask a question of the good doctor, you may do that. And uh, so that let's go back to that personalization, Dr. Angel, because I've known people who take it personally. I mean, that's the, the phrase, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh, they took that personally. I didn't mean anything like that about them. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And and there's a lot of people, and we call that, I call that, oversensitivity or hypersensitivity also. Okay, yeah. It right? It definitely fits in with that, sure. Okay, which means that they're so sensitive that you just want to, oh, i got to be careful what I say around her, right? Right, or what you do not say can be taken, per- like anything can be taken personally. And like these are the people that usually like will try and call you multiple times in a row if you didn't answer the phone because it's like they need you to answer the phone otherwise they think you're angry or upset or, or they think you're wrong. purposely not answering their call or if they see you talking to somebody like you might know some personal information about them they see you talking to someone else they just assume you're telling that other person oh about them about them which probably it's not that at all has probably nothing to do with that so personalization takes normal events right Mm -hmm. and somehow they feel left out of something or targeted in some way oh targeted i like that word that is what it is isn't Mm -hmm. it they feel targeted that okay you must be talking about me Right? Yes. Okay. As a pastor all these years, I've had that happen many times when people would say to me later, I know you were preaching right at me and you were you were referring to what I told you in counseling. And I, I no, no, wasn't about you. Wasn't even thinking about you. No. I mean, and then to, to refute that makes them feel like I'm putting them down. Right, and discounting their feelings. Discounting their feelings. And I've fallen into that trap a few times, you mm-hmm. know. And and it's 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 really a psychological problem with the person who personalizes everything. That's what you're saying. Absolutely, is exactly what's going on. And this destroys relationships. Uh, how? Oh well, boy, think, I see it. But you well, tell yeah, us. So you tell we're us. thinking everything is around us that's happening. That's you know everyday stuff is about us, and we start not trusting people. We're angry. We start getting bitter. We start getting resentment. We start you know getting in this horrible place with the people in our life um you know i've known i've known people who this was when i was a stay-at-home mom you know many many years ago and there would be you know uh, little groups of friends that play golf or did tennis or did certain things back then right and if one got one little group went out to lunch and somebody else wasn't invited or you know it was like this kind of thing you mm-hmm. know oh, well i get a phone call well so-and-so does it they're they're really mad at me what would you do well no i didn't do anything i don't know what i did i mean they they're mad at me because they you know you know what i'm saying yes i do and, and that that's what happens and it starts to destroy those relationships because people are personalizing they're getting angry mad feeling all kinds of stuff over something that had nine out of ten times nothing to do with nothing them. to do with them and instead of being open with those feelings like, hey, I noticed, you know, you, you took a while to get back to my text. Did I do something or are you upset with yeah, me? Yeah, like, why not just confront just ask, it? Why right? don't we just ask? Well, why don't people ask like that? The people that they do not that they struggle assume. with this 
personalization, they just assume, don't they? I and think, they, hard yeah. feelings happen like this. Very hard feelings yeah. happen like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, but they don't. And I think it's pro- part of it's probably because they're just assuming it did. So why would I put words to that? Um, because they don't want to hear the words back. But we need to be able to communicate what we're thinking and feeling honestly. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot with all three of these tonight. Okay. okay. So this first one, personalization. What do you say to the listener right now that's saying, whoa, that's me? Okay. I I do that. Well, What do you all, say, Dr. Angel? Because this show is life coaching and free counseling, right? Yes. So what do you say to the person who struggles with personalization? Well, first of all, we kind of we, we have to look at, you know, it takes a lot of courage to recognize that's what we're doing and we can change it when we can see that's what we're doing. And then kind of seeing, okay, how am I communicating in my relationships? Um, you know, what do I need to communicate? What, what relationships am I having conflict with or negative feelings about? and start learning how to look at other possibilities. And that a lot of times with personalization, it does take professional therapy because this is yeah, a deep-rooted. This is deep-rooted. And it usually follows into some early rejection. I, I was just or, getting ready to say, don't you think it goes back to yes, childhood and does. rejection? It does. Because a lot of times if, if a certain child was labeled the bad child, oh, my gosh, that's my troubled kid. You know, that's right. my kid that's always causing trouble. And, you know, quit doing that. You know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I get people that claim it. They walk in my office. Oh, I'm just the black sheep of the family. Always right. have been, always will be. Right. Like, that's the kind of stuff that starts, the that lays the fertile ground for us to get sensitive and start personalizing everything. And an oversensitivity or hypersensitivity is probably part of this, don't you think? Oh, yes. It yeah. is so much in the negative thinking traps. And here's the thing. When we're personalizing things in our life like that, we we're hurting ourselves. We feel yeah. so much pain and constant rejection and constant negativity that that it consumes us. So it's got to be addressed. It does. And have if to you be recognize it in yourself, get help. Dr. Angel 501-6557. The second one tonight is catastrophizing. And I used to tell you that that wasn't a word. And then you, you proved to me that I was wrong. Yes. And I thought, she's just beating up on me because. (laughs) (laughs) It is a real word. Bonafide real word. Am I personalizing that? You are personalizing personalizing that that. No. I mean, catastrophizing. What is it? That's a negative thinking trap. Number two for tonight. So the best, most simplest way to explain this is always thinking in worst case scenarios. Oh, my gosh. So everything that's going around or could possibly is the catastrophe. So we go straight to the absolute worst case that could ever happen. And so we're already there. So we're not worried about there because we think we're already there. Or do we still think it's going to get worse? Whatever it is. Oh, well, we just sit in this. And so we, it, we start becoming very paralyzed because we are always considering everything in worst case scenarios. I will give you a very... I'll give you an example of somebody who catastrophized. Um, I know of somebody who saw a police car pull up to the house, you know, park on the street in the house next door to them, looked out the window, noticed the police were, you know, in the neighborhood, thought that the police were going to come in after them because they must have done something wrong at some point in their life. And now they're getting caught and they're going to go to prison. Like they had themselves already like in prison for life and on death row. And they didn't even know of anything they did. 
Yes. Just because they saw the police car outside. Boy, that isn't that an extreme That's catastrophizing? That's an extreme catastrophizing, but I can tell you I, that is a true... I one. think this happens a lot in the dating world. Oh, if they don't answer the phone, then right. they must be dating someone else. And right. Yes, or they have another family, and sometimes that could be true. But <laughs> in this dating world, I don't want to discount could be. that. It could be. But when we catastrophize, like, we think that, you know, we've already got ourselves, oh, I'm going to fail out of school. I'm never going to get a job. I'm going to be homeless. And da, da, da. like, if we got a bad grade on one test. That's right. catastrophizing. Right. And, you know, when you hear it, you're just like, oh, my gosh, that's like. Just the opposite of that is our great Tab- Tampa Bay Bucks yes. and, and who won the Super Bowl. And yay, yay, yay. And yay. I heard somebody talking about there was a point in the season when we were five and seven. Yes. And, you know, that did not look good. And people were going, oh, well, Tom Brady must not be that great. And, hey, they just really didn't, you know, five and seven. And from that point on, it was like a switch went off in him probably and in others on the team. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, we are. Right? Sure. I mean, Tom Brady and, you know, when he was a Patriot, I wasn't crazy about him because, I mean, that was your guy. Because he was on my team and not hers. That's right. It was, yeah. (laughs) But now that he's on my team, yes, of course, I think he's great. So. So, but but they were the guy the announcer was saying five and seven and people were being real negative mm-hmm. about Tom and about the Bucks and all that and Super Bowl champs right and he stands up with the other night after they won and said we'll be right back here next year now what is that that is the, that's opposite, the absolute opposite of catastrophizing it is. right that's believing that's choosing to believe and, and be hopeful and do your best and stay hopeful that good things can happen if you you know. Do your part and work hard and play hard. And He's 43 years old. Yes, and, and I think he's an example to all of us of, I don't think he's perfect, but I think no. he's an amazing athlete, right? Sure. The, probably the greatest quarterback there ever was, okay? So this guy, I think a lot of it has been his mental strength. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, let's. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll take him for a minute here because I can run with this one. You run uh, with that. He and was then a we'll tenth get... round draft pick. <laughs> yes, he was tenth round draft pick. Right. And when he came in, his first season in New England is when Drew Bledsoe was injured and went yes, out. I remember. And that was I remember it all. He, they went to the Super yes. Bowl and he won, and he made more in his first playoff game than he did that whole season. Right. As what he and he it was against all odds. The Rams they were laughing at him. Right. But he walked in there. How about the Super Bowl against Atlanta when they were four touchdowns oh down or three? Four, I remember three or that four, night or whatever too. it was. Oh my gosh! Yes. And he didn't stop trying. He didn't go. Oh, that's it. We're doomed. It's over. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Oh my gosh! This is insurmountable. He Although played, announcers were saying they four were. touchdowns now. No, I was at a Super Bowl party with all Atlanta fans, and they're just like, "Oh, we won. We won." And I'm like. But the game's not over. It's not over till it's and over. And he played his hardest, no matter what the odds said, no matter what the scoreboard said, no matter what, you know, was... But that takes... Focus. Ton- focus. It Laser takes almost focus. tunnel vision of, okay, I have a job to do. I'm going to do it. And this pertains, folks, to your personal life, your work life, your family life. And that is the focus, which we're going to talk about right after this break, where we are getting ready to hear all the great things about Dr. Angel, Tommy. I can't wait. Set our promises by candlelight You 
Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to the second half of Go Yard. We're right here with Dr. Angel and Mama Mac, and we're excited about the show as we always are every week. Now in our seventh year. Yes. I'm, still, I'm still having fun. I don't know about you. I'm having a ball. We will have an anniversary the middle of April. Seven no, years. We're September. April is the other show. Oh, that's right. April's the Sunday <laughs> show. You're right. It's September. You're right. Thanks for the correction. Yes. So you can listen to old shows right here at TantalkNetwork.com. Go to podcast. Go to the name of the show, Go Yard, which means hitting a home run in life. The show is all about growing emotionally, mentally, socially, 
psychologically, mentally, all that. Well, you know, mental health is a really important component of our overall health. It is. It is. We can't ignore it. If we do, we'll have issues. And so that's really wanting to take the stigma out of it, but Mm -hmm. also let us know that, you know, let everyone know we all have, you know, have difficulties and struggles and need a little help sometimes. And don't you think some of them are there since childhood? Oh, yeah. Some of them have perhaps hereditary Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are environmental Mm -hmm. and um, it is what it is. And, And it's better to tackle them and deal with them than to just let them grow and grow. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and and stop letting them wreak havoc in your life and right. in your relationships and, and who you are and what goals you're willing to set for yourself or how you see yourself. I think a lot of people settle. They, they settle do. for what is normal to them. They settle for how they've observed their perhaps parents, grandparents behave or the family dynamics. I've heard people say, oh, our family's terrible. Everybody yells and screams. Nobody talks to each other for months. Things like that. Mm-hmm. I know that's out there in a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got we to gotta be purposeful. That's your word uh, about making changes to better our own lives. Right. Sure. And not sure. just following in grandma's footsteps. Yeah, and and not being afraid or doing it afraid to take those steps to make those changes for ourselves. Right. Alone, if that's what it takes. You know, if nobody around is going with us, like to still be willing to do that. You know, if you talk to my my dad, he'll tell you I was a very stubborn child. I was told my whole life I've been a very hard-headed, stubborn child. That is hard to believe. Be hard to believe. Yeah. But, you know, Mm. in... My life, that stubbornness has been one of those things that's pushed me so forward because I dare to believe I could when everyone said I couldn't. I dare to believe I could try even if I wasn't sure I could do it. Like, I, it didn't matter what was around me. I, I was stubborn enough to think the impossible was possible. And don't you think that is really the mental makeup of a leader, someone that is successful, that accomplishes a lot? You have like a PhD, a couple bachelor's degrees, a couple master's degrees, and with three little kids, you did mm-hmm. you managed to do all of that. Um, when and a lot of times, I think people make excuses for their lack of uh, good mental health or their lack of um, success or. Mm-hmm. Because they have all the reasons why this isn't going to work, or it can't work, or I'm too busy, or I'm this, or I'm that. They talk themselves out of it before they've ever even given given it a try. And so, you know, these negative thinking traps are what shackles us from living our best life. Just like chains around our our legs, right? Keeping us back from progress. And if you just now are joining us, go back and listen to the beginning of the show afterwards. It's on Facebook, on your page or mine. Personalization is one of those negative thinking traps that we talked about in the first part. And right now we're finishing up with the second one, catastrophizing. Mm -hmm. So for anybody that's just checking in right now, define catastrophizing and... that's we'll talk about worst, that for a minute. Yeah, that's just thinking the worst case scenario is going to happen when we for whatever's in front of us. So we've already talked ourselves pretty much out of anything before we've given it a chance. Or we're just expecting this worst case scenario to happen. You know, I mean, I, you hear it in Florida all the time when there's like a hurricane or a storm blooming out there. There'll be people in you know, the stores and you'll hear them chattering, oh, this is going to knock everyone flat. Like the news will catastrophize a lot. Um, people get stuck in this like really extreme dramatic thinking. I think we're trained to from our culture. Like you can't turn on the news 
issues without mm-hmm. it being over dramatized, right? Over sensationalized. Well, that's part of catastrophizing. Sure, it is. Yeah. And, and so we've, you know, we're expecting these horrific things to happen. Well, how are we going to have strength and energy and encouragement to push forward when we're waiting for this horrific thing to happen? Exactly. Yeah. And and it's a common thing, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And there are degrees of it. Yes, there are. And um, growing up in a household that everything was always the worst case scenario, right? Coming down the pike. Oh, your dad's going to lose his job. I know he is. He's going to lose his job. He is. Blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, and we're not going to be able to eat. And we're not going to be able to have clothes. We're going to be homeless. We're going to be homeless. And, you know, in the COVID thing that we have been in for the last year or so, some of that negative stuff actually has come true for a lot of people where they have lost jobs, they have lost income, whatever. And uh, it's it's been it's really been hard for a lot of people. Sure it has. But but in order to come out of that cycle of catastrophizing, okay, I'm going to put my pressure on you again. What can they do if they recognize, yeah, I always think of the worst case scenario. I never think it's going to turn out okay. This new job is not going to be good. It's not going to be. I know it's not. I'm not going to like it. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. What can they do? Well, so catastrophizing definitely runs deep and hard for a lot of people. Um, so this is definitely one of those ones that a lot of times people do need extra help to start changing for themselves. But one of the things I encourage people to do is, first of all, when when was the last time the catastrophe you thought would happen happened? Right. And what did you do? You survived it because you're here. Right. So what we do is start working. If this happens, then we give them tools. What can I do? What can I do? If this happens, what can I do? Come up with a solution, right? And if we can start finding where we can survive those, if that happens, then we start getting more and more encouraged. Right. So, yeah. 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 So this was a process, but it's, yeah, it's definitely one that it's changing the way and understanding I have survived every catastrophe I've been in my life because I'm breathing and I'm alive. Right. (laughs) As a realtor, I used to teach real estate to to young realtors and they would say, oh, I think my deal's falling apart. My listing is, I said, well, you still have a listing so you can sell it to somebody else. Well, but yeah, well, you can. So True. what if you didn't have that, you know? Right. Um, you know, and, and you just learn to begin to think on there's got to be a solution. I think to cope with catastrophizing, you've got to become more solution-oriented. More problem-solving focus. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't seem to see an out or a way out of something, go to somebody who can help you yeah. see the way out. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... So often, I think we get caught in that trap where we are just so obsessed almost with the negative that we, we can we're we're going down this time we're going down with the ship, you know. Yep. We do, and I definitely have seen uh, an increase of this with everything going on with COVID. Um, I mean, I have people who are so fearful to go to the doctor because they know that they're going to be told they have COVID, and that means they're going to they'll be the one who dies. Like they have it so ingrained that all these really bad things are going to happen that they're paralyzing themselves. And so, these are the patients that I bring into the big room with the big dry erase board across in the office, and we start writing down what are what are all your biggest fears. Let's just lay them out right oh, that's here and good. right now. Like, that's let's good. Let's put them on paper. 
That's good. And then we start putting a plan of action together and, like, taking away those powers. And that's what you do for catastrophizing. Let's go to the third one tonight, perfectionism, setting unrealistic expectations. Now, this is almost kind of the opposite of catastrophizing in a way. It's it's like everything's got to be perfect. Well, not everything. I have to be perfect. Oh, I. Oh. So I have unrealistic expectations for myself. So I expect I should be able to do everything I need to do. I should always look my best. Everything needs to be done perfect the first time. I should have all the energy to do what I need to do. I should be able to balance everything. I need to do it perfect. Where does that come from? Ooh, that's another one of those deep-rooted things. I think it is, too. Um. Yeah, so it's not allowing ourselves. It's usually it's a self-esteem issue because if I make a mistake, then that tells me there's something so wrong, I'm wrong with, with me. me. Okay, so for parents who, let's say they have three kids. I have three, you have three. Okay, so we, we can somehow foster that thing in them where... Go on, finish my sentence. Well, they feel like they have to be perfect. They have to be perfect. And if we have a child, and and we all do, that have had more than one child, have differences in those children. They are definitely going to be different. Mm -hmm. One may be better in schoolwork. One may be an artist. One may be a gymnast. One may be this or that. Uh, But parents tend to want all of them to be equally successful. Well, and we're going to take it up a notch. A lot of parents want their children to fulfill whatever the parents' unfulfilled dreams were for their life. And so there's a lot of pressure for these kids to maybe like a sport or an academic that the kid has no like or love for. Right. Um, And they're taught you have to be perfect. You have to do it right. And everyone's seeing you. And that's where your value comes from is being perfect and having it all together. And so kids learn this very early on. And remember John Benet Ramsey, mm-hmm. a little girl that was murdered. Court- mm-hmm. I don't think they ever solved her murder. I don't think they ever did either. But it was <clears throat> what over twenty years ago, wasn't it? It's been a long time ago. But she was like five or six, and she was in beauty pageants, mm-hmm. right? And when you look at at those pictures back then, I remember when all that was going on, and these little tiny girls looked like adults yes, they did. on their their hair, their makeup, their everything, you know. And and it was like her mother had been that, mm-hmm. right? Had been uh, Miss America or something, as I remember. Sure, and so been a pageant and been a pageants and pageants. and that's what you know. Parents will we do these things to our kids, and so a lot of perfectionism starts from childhood. Maybe we only get a, you know acknowledgement from our parents if we do something super exceptional. So we feel like that's mm-hmm. the only time. You it's know, the only they time notice. they pay attention, right? And so, but you know, one of the values of having more than one child is having diversity in those kids. I mean, not diversity is not right right word. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? It is the right word. We went to diversity, different talents, different likes, different <laughs> skill sets, different all kinds of different things. Personalities are completely different. And my three kids totally different in a lot of ways. Yeah. And and that's that's okay. That's that's desirable. Absolutely it is. In fact, you know, when I was, you know, my kid 
I like all of our kids. You know, we're all three very different. I had three different standards when it came to different things for the kids because they had three different abilities. So, okay. you know, where one child, you know, making B, C's and a couple D's was really, it was good for that child. I had another child that wouldn't have been acceptable for because his he was, you know, had a different standard. And so, and they, this isn't fair. Why can't he make a C and I can't make a C? You know, but because you have different talents and abilities. We're not all on this equal, they weren't on this equal plane. And, and as adults, they're all equally successful in their own ways. In their own ways. And so I think where parents and grandparents get in trouble a lot of times is expecting the same results. For every single kid. And, well, why aren't you smart like your brother? Or why aren't you... Um, better socially with people than you look at your sister she can make friends she's got friends all over and the look place. at you you're just a hermit you know right. and i think parents having been one at the for the kids at those ages i think that parents can really get into a lot of problems and cause a lot of this perfectionism to be fostered in kids like oh i gotta be perfect or mom you know and resentments form from that yes they do don't you think? They do, but people take this into their adult life and they are still, so they're very stressed. They put too much on their plate. They can't really handle it all. They're, they're, it's very overwhelming to always expect perfection because it's, no one is perfect. So right. we set a bar that's not perfect. Um, and I get this even with setting too high of goals. I'll get someone who walk in the room and they're like, okay, this is my goal and whatever. Let's just use losing losing weight. I want to lose weight. I'm going to lose 50 pounds in three months. Like, Yeah, no, you're not. No, we're not. Like, that's not how we do behavioral and lasting change. Like, you know, we take this step by step and they, they can't handle that because they're so feeling only valued when it's perfect. And yet, when I, one of the things I always do to these people is I reflect it back to them. Well, if you had a friend with this issue, what would you say to your friend? And they're like, well, that's okay, take a break. I'm like, so why is it okay for your friend but not for you? Like, just trying to reflect it back because they're willing to give other people breaks, right? but not themselves. Right. And they are so stressed. These people are extremely type A. They're extremely stressed. And don't you think a lot of times it's because they're trying to meet up to somebody else's expectations? Oh, yeah, and they're always changing. That bar always changes. Right. Always yeah. changes. And I think that parents can really contribute to this problem of perfectionism mm -hmm. they can be so their their expectations can be so high and perhaps one or one or more of the kids cannot do those things academically that somebody else can whatever or athletically or what or artistically or whatever i mean I, I think i've seen parents in almost all arenas like put this undue pressure on their kids to perform in some right way and they start taking in that perfectionism. Or if they can't, they totally give up and feel like they can never do anything worthwhile. Right. Exactly. So um, how serious is this, setting unrealistic expectations for people in our lives? And it could be somebody you're dating. It could be mm -hmm. somebody, one of your children or grandchildren. It could be uh, somebody at work that works under you or, or with you or whatever that you have set unrealistic expectations. Yeah, anytime we're looking at unrealistic expectations, we're looking for failure because that's what's going to happen. Oh, oh, that's profound. It is because there's nothing that can't happen. There is perfectionism does not exist in humans. We are not computers or robots. Right. Like we have feelings. We have, 
you know, all kinds of stuff that that interferes. So we have to step back. And, you know, one of the things that I always work on chunking with people for this very reason. You work on what? Chunking. Chunking, where we take small oh, yes, chunking. little goals, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I have a patient right now that's really stuck on, you know, his life drastically changed and he's really stuck on getting his life back to where it was at the zenith of his career and his, you know, life and everything. But that's not the reality. We have to learn to take the small steps right, right now. And now we're at the point where these small steps are starting to make bigger differences. But right. it's setting realistic expectations. Well, that's huge right there, setting realistic. And as parents, we need to look at our kids and realize there are differences and they're not all going to be the same and have the same desires or the same scholastic interests, you know. Sure. Um, and and that should be okay with us. But for a lot of parents, it is not okay. No, for a lot of parents, it really is not. And to the point where the parents are doing the kids projects and homework assignments right. and t- yes. yelling at the teachers to let them have two and three opportunities to take the test. Right. And, yes. You know, I mean, I've even watched parents lying on college applications and like all kinds of stuff. Look to get. what happened to what was it, Lori? Um, what's her name that went to prison over that? Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, forget her name. And it's not as uncommon as people oh, think Oh, I it know. Is. And it was just a matter of trying to buy. She just got caught. She right. got caught. And trying to buy that entrance into the university they wanted right. for their child. Right. And not realizing that if that's not our child, like what they want for themselves, and if that's not where their functioning and their potential is, we've set them up to fail. We have set them up to. And I like that word because that is what happens when we put unrealistic expectations on those around us Mm -hmm. and on ourselves and on ourselves because we can set ourselves up for failure correct yes we can can you think of an example the weight thing sure Um, i mean we set ourselves up that i i can manage this committee that committee volunteer here work 60 hours a week manage that take my kids here cook dinner every night like that's not realistic it begins to weigh on you big time Mm -hmm. right it's it is not realistic Mm -hmm. right yeah and stepping back and realizing. And, and I think it is a wonderful thing when a parent or grandparent can say, okay, let me hear what you say. Child, you don't, you have straight A's and you don't want to go to college. Okay. What do you want to okay. do? What do you want to do? Sure. Because uh, you're going to have to earn a living. So right. you can't live in my basement. Right. So Florida, we have no basement. So that works. But what are you going to do? What do you see your life being like? And, um, and give kids... The room the to room make their to own do plan. that exactly, yeah, a- absolutely. You know, when my kids were little, that was always the conversation from when they were kindergarten up. Was you have to have a plan, but it, it what I don't care what the plan is as long as you have a plan, right? And, and honestly, I only have one kid that went to college and has a two year degree and is working in his career. I have one that went in the military and is working in his career. Like I have one that. Well, I'm sure what he's going to end up with yet because he's still working on his plan. It's shifted a little bit, but he's worked towards seeing what he likes and doesn't like. And that's what's important. That's all that's important. That's what's important. My oldest son, who is our announcer on this show, you know, Ryan, uh, he went to college for a while and he goes, I I don't want to do this. I don't know what I want to do. You know, he ended up, his field is sales, just kind of like me, only his was not real estate. His is the agricultural area. And he's very successful vice president of a company of 
head of sales and marketing, and he does very, very well. And he did not go on and finish that degree, but he really didn't need to. Right. But about a year or two ago, he found himself in the company he was working for then, hiring PhDs and all these people. He was in charge of all these people. And he laughed one day and he said, I'm glad they don't ask me what my degrees are. <laughs> you know, but he didn't. That's just his. That was what his happened to him. And his talents. And that right. was his path. And then I have a son who's a law professor. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> totally different. Absolutely. But I guess that's the whole point, guys. We have to give our children, our grandchildren and those around us, our mates, whatever, Room to be who they are. Yes, and figure it out for themselves. I mean, I remember when my youngest was really little, he wanted to be a police officer, and we yeah. started in the police academy. And then he realized that really wasn't what he wanted when he's, you know, and now he's switched, you know, and he's been doing management and working a job and learning management. And now, you know, he's finding a talent he didn't know he had. Like, so. Right. Letting letting people just let stop. them discover it. Yes, let them figure it out. They'll let be happy. Let them figure it out. But it's the control in a lot of parents and, and perfectionism. Perfectionism. Well, what are my friends going to think if my kids don't go to the four year university? What are I mean? Mm-hmm. If the community college isn't even good enough for a lot of families anymore, no. I'm like, why? You're saving a lot of money there. Like, there's no logic reasoning. It's what are people going to think of us? And you know that's that's a huge trap. Mm-hmm. That is a real negative thinking trap. When we get ourselves worried more about what other people think about our children's accomplishments than our children's than happiness. our children's happiness. Yeah, sure is. Wow, this has been a great show. Yeah, it really has. I'm enjoying this because I think we all struggle with some of these. You know, it's something that we can all take a look at in our lives and. Um, as always, we encourage you to go listen to our podcast right here on TantalkNetwork.com. Go to podcast, go to Go Yard. We've got tons of shows there. And we also on our website, GoYard2014.org, O-R-G, we've got a lot of shows there with titles that we've done, all kinds of series on every kind of topic. We've done it through these seven years. So we encourage you to go there and tell other people about Go Yard. We still love doing this show every week, do we not? In our seventh year, that is crazy. I can't believe that I started to say that I put up with you that much, but (gasps) then it would, I really meant it to be the other way around, see? Yeah, that you put well, you know, up with me. This is me. on tape, and I do have. Proof I of know your words, that you so. put up with me all these years, and <laughs> we put up with Tommy, and but he's a sweetheart. So, anyway, um, so just kind of sum up where we were tonight. Wow, sum it all up, and and two minutes or less, right? So oh, yeah. Tonight we we you know we looked at personalizing when we think. The things happening around us is about us when, you know, people aren't answering their phone. They might be mad at us if they didn't greet us in the store. What did we do? We got, you know, it's not all about us. There's all kinds of reasons why things happen. And we need to use our words more. Catastrophizing is where we look thinking in the worst case scenarios. We're always expecting the worst case. We will find worst case when we're looking for worst case. Yeah, we we find what we're looking for. (laughs) And so that is a horrible thinking trap. And then perfection where we just set the standard unrealistic too high and we are not enjoying our life. We are just so busy trying to meet an unrealistic standard. And for our lives or for those around us, like we were just talking about our kids and grandkids and so forth. So, um, you know, these are things we can work on, Dr. Angel. These are not things that are impossible to conquer. 
it just how this show what we try to do is point out things like hey food for thought work on this think on this if this seems to be a thinking trap that you are prone to then it's a good time to take a look at it sure make a journal we're big on journals sure and when you catch yourself wait that's catastrophizing or wait i'm personalizing this is could there be you know let me ask them are they upset with me did i do something to offend you or like use your words like we've done three shows four shows we did four three shows on use your your words words. (laughs) that personalization is a great one to use your words for it really is don't you think because so often we don't and we just think it is a certain way and it may not be that way at all. Correct. Oh, we love doing these shows. So we've got three more uh, negative thinking traps. So join us again next week at 6.06 p.m. right here on Dan Talk Network. And if you want a show about victorious living and, and God in your life, we're having a series on heaven right now. Join us on Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. for me, Mama Mac. And Dr. Angel will be on with me on that show this Sunday and and uh, somebody from Idaho, Cindy. So uh, it'll be a great show. Three o'clock Sunday afternoon. Try to join us. God bless every one of you. And we'll see you next week. And don't catastrophize. Bye. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.